from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. You could say Mark Arnold was born into credit unions. His father, John, was a credit union pioneer who served as the first president and CEO of Southwest Corporate and was inducted into the Texas Credit Union Hall of Fame. Conversations at the dinner table often revolved around the industry. So it's not surprising that Mark followed into the family trade, first as a highly accomplished marketer, and for the past several years as a consultant who specializes in strategic branding, planning, and marketing. I'm Adam Mertz, Associate Manager for CUNA News and Credit Union Magazine. I recently spoke with Mark about the trends he's witnessing in those areas, the importance of delivering a first-class member experience, and a conversation with a former boss who told him he'd never amount to anything as a marketer. What do you see as the role of the marketer and how much that's changed in the last five to 10 years? Uh, I think the, the role of the marketer in the last five to 10, even last three years, uh, has changed dramatically. I think it's going to continue to change. Uh, as I think about the role of today's marketer, kind of three S's come to mind. Today's marketer, first of all, has to be a strategist. Uh, They need to align their marketing plan with their strategic plan of the credit unit, and they also have to think big picture. Uh, You've really got to connect the dots strategically. The today's marketer is no longer uh, the person doing the ads or the newsletter or things like that. You've got to be a a strategist. As an example, we were conducting a a marketing audit for one of our clients recently, and we were talking to them about what their target audiences were, and we said, okay, uh, who are you trying to reach? And they came back and they said, yes. I was like, well, that's the wrong answer because <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to be all things to all people. So they, we really had to come back with a recommendation that you knew you, from a marketing perspective, you've got to be a strategist first and foremost. Uh, the second S, I think, for today's marketers, today's marketers have to be sales-focused. Sometimes there's a separation between marketing and sales, and today that's not, that separation no longer exists. And what I mean by that is that marketers today have got to drive numbers. They've got to get results. Uh, whether it's ROI on a particular campaign, they've got to be able to bring in the numbers. And the third kind of S uh, of role based marketer is they have to be a superhero. Uh, and what I mean by that is when you think about superheroes, superheroes ultimately, they are stories. Superhero movies, superhero stories really are stories. And I think as marketers, you've got to tell your credit union story. Uh, you, credit unions are doing some amazing things out there in the marketplace. And we as marketers have got to be the ones telling those stories. So those are kind of the three S's that I see in the role of today's marketer strategist, sales-focused superhero or storyteller. All right, Mark, there are a couple of hot topics that come to mind with marketing that I wanted to get your thoughts on. One is branding and one is member experience. Kind of broad topics, but very much on the minds of marketers. Why don't we start off with branding? I want to hear from you. What is branding in today's terms, and, and what is the importance of setting and adhering to a brand? Uh, I will tell you kind of a, the, the textbook definition of branding is your brand really is a reflection of the holistic personality of your credit unit. That's kind of the textbook definition that we use. However, my favorite definition of branding is branding is everything. Branding is everything from the boardroom to the break room to the bathroom. Everything impacts your brand there at the credit union. So uh, that's my favorite definition of branding. It really is everything. Uh, and as you kind of think through, you know, uh, the, the process of that, you've got to make sure you've got to take a holistic view of your brand. It's not just a marketing job. It is everyone's job uh, when it comes to branding. 
kind of how, how we approach branding is as you try to elevate your brand as your credit union, uh, we kind of develop a, a trademark brand triangle approach where our philosophy in working with our clients is that uh, executives and boards lead the brand. That's kind of the first leg of the brand triangle. Second leg of the brand triangle, though, are your employees. Uh, and you need, and they need to live the brand. No matter what you say your vision is and your target audiences are and your values are, as you're leading the brand, it's your employees who have to live the brand. That's the second leg of the brand triangle. And the third leg of the brand triangle are your members. If you're leading the brand, if your employees are living the brand, then your members should love your brand. And that kind of is, is a model, I think, as credit think about their brands and how to develop their brands or how to rebrand or how to look at their brand, I really think that kind of guide visually will really serve them and help them elevate the brand. And what I'm hearing is that there's got to be a lot of consistency here. And I know that's not an easy message to express to people sometimes, especially maybe when their their roles don't seem central to a, a brand message. How do you communicate that the brand carries through to every level of staff and everything that you do? Yeah. Uh, well, there are three C's to a strong brand, clarity, consistency, and constancy. And, and you hit on that second C, which is consistency. And I will tell you, that's where a lot of credit unions do, in fact, struggle is consistency. One thing that we suggest credit unions do is you've got to take an outsider's view and look at your credit unit when it comes to your brand, and you're just too close to it. And so you've got to make sure maybe you're doing some mystery shops ahead of the brand uh, rebrand process or the branding process you're going to go through. Uh, you got to look at it from an outside perspective, have someone else look at your materials, because you're just too close to it. So you've got to make sure you're looking at all aspects of your brand, your website, uh, your branches, uh, every single aspect of it from A to Z, from the A, your end report, to W, your website, and everything in between. You've got to take a holistic view of branding. What's some of the pain points that you're seeing credit unions deal with when it does come to the member experience these days? So consistency, and I was I was throwing another C word, and it's coaching, uh, and, and that's where a lot of, of the struggle is on that leadership side because you can create this, and, and, and some of your employees will do it, some of them won't, some of them will do it some of the time, they won't do it all the time. Honestly, that's much more of a coaching issue. So you've got to make sure that you train your team, your coaches, your frontline uh, coaches on leadership skills, not supervisory skills, but leadership skills. John Maxwell famously says everything rises and falls based on leadership. Everything rises and falls based on leadership. So if you apply that to credit unions, that means everything's going to rise or fall based on leadership, but not just leadership at the C level, leadership at the mid-management level as well. Your branches, your departments are going to rise or fall based on those mid-level managers' leadership skills. And there's a fundamental difference between being a manager and being a leader. So if you can coach your, your frontline uh, supervisors and managers to be leaders, then your member experience is going to be much, much better. You mentioned branches, and obviously there's a lot more people using digital uh, interactions these days with their credit unions, but uh, I want to hear from you. What role the branch, what role ideally you think the branch should hold today and you're not just building today. I mean, a lot of people still building branches. Uh, what's the use five, 10 years down the road? How do you anticipate that and work toward that? Well, first of all, branches are not dead. They're just changing. They're not dead. They're changing. Uh, the role of the branch is changing to be less transactional and more relational. Less transactional, more relational. It's all about the relationship. 
is you take a step back and say we're in the banking business or the retail business, that is still a people business. We are still in the people business. And yes, technology is awesome. Technology is wonderful. We are certainly moving that way as a society. Certainly banking is moving that way. There's, there's no, no doubt of that. However, at its core, at its fundamental level, it's still a relational business. And, and we're coaching clients to think of it from this perspective. So, so many times credit unions were focused on transactions, right? We're transaction, transaction, transaction. So over the past five or 10 years, we switched and now we've gone to service. Service, service, service. At credit unions, we are all about service. Well, that's good, but now what has happened is everybody else is saying they're about service too. Not enough anymore. Everybody's saying they're service. Now you've got to go not from transactions, not to service, but to advice. And you've got to train and teach your employees at your branches to uh, be advice-based, to where your members are coming to you because they need your financial advice, your wisdom. And that's a, a mentality that can happen at the branches where your employees are not tellers, they're not member service officers, uh, they're not new account reps, they are advisors. And they are there to help advise their, and counsel and coach those our members on financial advice. So that's the role, I think, of the branch moving forward. Definitely not transactional, but still relational uh, and still very, very much uh, focused on the, the, the advice side of it. You're looking at a probably in some cases a very different skill set among employees then in branches. Most definitely. It's not going to be about, hey, can you balance your teller drawer anymore? It's going to be, can you build a relationship with a member? Totally different skill set. Your hiring practice is going to have to change. Uh, your coaching practice is going to have to change. Your leadership training, it's all going to, your training is going to have to change uh, quite a bit. Your strategy is. You know, yes, branches are probably going to be smaller. Uh, they're going to be more tech inside the branches, uh, but they're still going to be ultimately about relations. And I, and I think advice. Uh, I think that's the direction you have to head towards. And that does require a different skill set, very much so. You've got to train your staff on your experience, train your staff on your products uh, so, that, so that they know. And, and, and also train them not to be... Uh, those folks that are just passing off brochures or are using brochures as crutches. You know, we do marketing audits for clients all over the country. And part of the marketing audit process is to do mystery shops of your branches as well as your competitors' branches. So we've done thousands of those. And it's fascinating to see we are always looking when we're doing those shops. Are your employees using brochures as crutches? Are they doing more transactions? Can they engage with me? Do they ask me questions? Uh, you know, are they really trying to get to know me or are they just trying to get you out? Are they just trying to, you know, just do the bare minimum of service, ask the bare number of questions and, and move on? Or are they truly engaged? Are they really engaging, asking open-ended questions? Are they actively listening? There's a huge difference. And, and I think there's a gap in a lot of credit units between uh, their brand and their staff. Uh, and, and that comes out sometimes in those shops and the audits. Stepping back a little bit from sort of the you know the outward projections i want to turn inward and the work that you do in in facilitating the strategic planning sessions and leadership sessions with credit unions i'm wondering where where things are at in terms of the process of strategic planning uh obviously the world is moving a lot more quickly than it has before it's probably not uh, good enough to just sit down once a year and determine, you know, the course of the credit union for the next year. I don't know if 
that would be a, a main thing that you identify, but I'll step back and let you answer it. How do you think that this process has changed in the last five to 10 years? Uh, I think it's changed in a couple of ways. Uh, first of all, it's shortened. Uh, the planning cycle has absolutely shortened. The, uh, the five to 10 year strategic plans, those are dinosaurs now. Uh, our world, our industry uh, is changing way, way, way too fast. Uh, so you can no longer get away with doing a five-year plan or a 10-year plan. Those are archaic. Uh, a lot of companies now are moving off to a yearly planning cycle, but I recommend a yearly plus a mid-year update where maybe you're doing the formal strategic plan over a day or two days, day and a half, and really setting that. But then at the six-month uh, level, come back in and, and touch base and how are we doing? What has changed even within six months? You don't need to totally change your plan, but you're going to have to have that mid-year really gut-check time to say, okay, what's happened uh, to cause us to maybe go a different path? Uh, we really recommend probably an 18- to 24-month uh, planning cycle now. Uh, strategic planning is no longer a date on the calendar. Strategic planning is a process. I think a, a second thing that we're seeing is probably need to throw out the SWAT, the strength, weakness, the opportunities, and threats exercise. Great exercise, been around for years and years. Nothing wrong with exercise. However, most planning sessions, by the time you get into the planning session, you already know the SWAT. Uh, that would be the second thing is, is don't use the same old exercises. Do something different. Uh, you know, from a planning process standpoint, I would really recommend, uh, you know, think about the three S. To strategic planning. And the three F's that I see as strategic planning, the first F is a funnel. You want to run the strategic planning process like a funnel where you're starting off looking at big picture issues. What is the environmental scan saying? You know, each year that QNA e-scan is phenomenal. Uh, and it puts out great that so you got to study that and look at what are the big trends in the industry. But then you got to work your way down the funnel and say, okay, what's going on in our area, what's going on in our state? How did our creating do last year? You get a little more specific. Then you work, continue to work your way down the funnel and talk about uh, what do we want to do next year? What are our priorities? What are our action plans? So that's kind of the first S of strategic planning is to run it like a funnel. Uh, the second F is the focus. Uh, in your planning sessions, a lot of issues will come up, but you got to make sure you focus those discussions on big picture issues. Don't chase rabbits. And then the third F of strategic planning is, I use the terminology for our clients called frenemy. Uh, we're going to be your friend. We're going to love you like a friend. If you prick my finger, I'm going to bleed credit union blood. I love working with credit But I'm going to challenge you like an enemy at times. I might get in your face a little bit. I might push back on a point or two. I might really try and get you to think uh, differently. So I'm going to be your frenemy. Uh, so as you think about that, you know, keep in mind the funnel, the focus, and the frenemy. Uh, and, and if you're doing those three things, I think ultimately you'll have a much better planning process, which will lead to a much better plan. When you talk about the frenemy, and this is something that you know you obviously can do in the boardroom when you're there, that's a concept that you'd like to see credit unions carry over um, into their you know everyday board operations. I would imagine. How how do you best do that? Uh, well, I think you, you have to foster an environment where you can be frenemies with each other. And, and it's funny when I use that terminology, my clients, I, I, I laugh because I will hear them start to use that with themselves. Hey, I, you know, I'm going to be your frenemy on that <laughs> point. I'm going to. So, you know, just using that terminology, I think it fosters that uh, as well. So have open discussions. Another just practical tip uh, is uh, some creating uh, at some of their meetings or in their planning sessions, they have these little cards that they can uh, have on the front of the card. It says G-E-T-O. 
G-E-P-R, GEPO. And that stands for good enough push on. Good enough push on. Sometimes we bog down in issues. So one way to make sure you don't do that is have a GEPO card. And if you're talking on and on about an issue, someone can hold up their GEPO card. And that means, you know what? It's time to keep just going on something else. Uh, so that's a way to kind of keep yourself focused and also to make sure that you can have those open dialogue discussions. But, you know, I think it starts at two levels, the CEO level and the chairman level. Uh, the CEO and chairman have to foster that environment of, uh, of, of a frenemy environment where we can agree to disagree, but do, you know, maybe disagree, but not be disagreeable uh, and still challenge and push back where necessary, but also understand that we all want the credit union to be successful. Yeah, I'm thinking about the information overload that is out there and uh, this day and age for strategic planning, it's a, a mountain of information. What do you recommend to people to give themselves enough comfort that they're at least researching the uh, the known unknowns, if not the unknown unknowns? Well, I think from a daily perspective, you have to set aside time every day. If you're a leader, if you're a credit union executive, if you're a credit union leader, a credit union board member, whatever role you might have there, and my guess is that if you're listening to this podcast, some form or fashion, you are a credit union leader. You need to carve out time every day to read. Uh, you know, I recommend reading between 30 and 45 minutes a day. Uh, you could do that creatively. You don't have time. You could always listen to audible books if you're working out or if you have a long commute. So that's a way to kind of double up your time. Uh, I recommend obviously reading uh, the eScan information. It's phenomenal that's put out there. So make sure that you're reading on a regular basis and consuming information. It doesn't mean you're always going to do everything the article or the blog post or the uh, or the book is saying to do, but always be a consummate a consummate reader because there is so much information. And, and one thing to think about too is is don't just focus on quantity of what type of information you're trying to consume. Focus just as much on application. Uh, because we are in an information overload. There's so much information out there. Sometimes, rather than reading 10 pieces of information, it's more effective to read two pieces of information and apply those two pieces of information in the next 30 or 60 days. So don't focus so much on quantity. Maybe focus on quality a little bit. I imagine a little bit of this is uh, from your personal experience. I know that you've been you're an avid uh, reader in the past, uh, business and leadership books. Um, I'm not sure how much you're into that or if you've kind of diversified into digital material these days. Yeah, oh, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, you know, make sure that I'm consuming, you know, blog posts and, uh, you know, all the stuff that's there on there as well as books, traditional and, uh, as well. So, yeah, so I think, and I wouldn't get hung up too much on which type of uh, information you're consuming, but uh, make sure you're reading at least, you know, one or two business books a year, at least, if not more than that, if you can. Uh, but as well as some of the great material that's being pumped out there. But yes, to answer your question, yes, we do that all the time. As a matter of fact, if you work for me, you got to be a reader. I tell <laughs> all my employees, you have to, you, know, you can't work for me if you're going to be a reader. So all of our team, we have business books we're reading all, all the time. How else do you ensure that you're engaged with what's going on in the trenches out there in credit unions? Talk to a lot of credit union executives. And that's really what I try and do is, is reach out on a regular basis to talk to credit union CEOs, credit union executives, credit union board members, uh, just to see what's keeping them up at night. And that's a great question. I love to ask them, hey, what's keeping you up at night? And what trends do they see? You know, whether it's going to lunch with the local CEO where I'm at, you know, and, and picking his or her brain and say, hey, look, what's on your mind right now? Uh, going to coffee from time to time. And then when I'm also inside credit unions, maybe doing training for them or doing a plan, I always try and find time 
to reach out to some of the frontline staff and just ask them, hey, what issues are you dealing with? Uh, what's going on with your members? Uh, because I think you've got to go more than just at the top layer. You've got to go a few layers down to really understand uh, what's going on inside of Creighton. So I always try and keep my pulse not just on the executive, which is important, it's very critical, but also to kind of get a feel of, okay, what issues are their staff with? What issues that mid-level managers, what issues are they dealing with? What's keeping them up at night? Uh, and so kind of have that. So a lot of it is just, is just talking and listening and, and asking questions. If you had to kind of categorize what is keeping people up at night, what are the, what are the issues that really stand out that you've heard the most of lately? Uh, well, you hit on one of them, and that's a great question, and that's journey map. Uh, I will tell you that issue is definitely hot right now. That is, I hear that over and over again. Uh, Cravings are really trying to create that member experience through a journey map. Uh, so that that is one of the issues that's for sure uh, doing that. A second issue is, and we touched on this earlier, is branding and marketing. Branding and marketing are changing, changing radically. And are credit unions prepared? Are they ready, really, for the not only the five years, the next two years? when it comes to marketing. Uh, and so we had a lot of credit unions talk to us about the marketing audit and, and how uh, that can help them make their marketing better. So marketing is definitely keeping uh, them up because they're concerned. You know, it's the classic, uh, I think, uh, John Wanamaker quote, uh, I know that half my marketing works. I just don't know which half. <laughs> uh, right. and, and the reality is credit unions are struggling with that. They don't know what's effective, what's working when it comes to their branding and, and their marketing. So that's keeping them up at night. Uh, so I think those two or three issues are really jumping out right now on the forefront. And then I'll throw another one. Obviously, the digital side, for sure, uh, that kind of is overlaid with marketing because I think uh, your, your IT and your marketing areas are merging together. You know, there's a new term we like to use called MarTech or Marketing Plus Technology MarTech. Uh, that's definitely out there now is that, that whole those whole fields are merging. And now marketing is so much about technology. So much about technology is now that marketing uh, so that that's a trend for sure that, that that bears monitoring. I definitely have heard a lot about that, and and I think I also sense that there's a lot of urgency on the technology front and be able to you know not play catch up with the giants, but even just to bring their systems up to speed and what they want to see for their capabilities. Yeah, and, and going back to you know what our CEOs worried about, they're worried about the Bank of Amazon. You know, they're worried mm-hmm. about all those fintechs that are out there. And how do they keep up? Or more importantly, how can their brand differentiate themselves from the Amazons, from the fintechs that are out there? Fintechs and, and that well, it's a real threat. It's a real threat to credit and we have to come up with solutions that are going to be able to really deliver that better member experience than even they're getting at Amazon from a financial perspective. So you, that is definitely keeping CEOs up at night for sure, for good reason. What do you tell people then? What are, what are the differentiators that you see that you're optimistic about? I think I'll go back to the member experience. If you can create a killer member experience, a great journey map for your members, they will come back to you. They will be loyal to you. Here's an example. I'll go back to that Creighton I mentioned earlier that we helped them with their brand and then we helped them with their uh, their member experience and creating their journey map. One of their business clients, so it's one of their client, one of their business members, one of their members who has all their, their business accounts with them, uh, told them after we kind of get all this, that they came back and said, you know what? I can get my business loan rate better somewhere else. He said, I can't. I absolutely can't. He said, but I'm choosing to stay here at your credit union because 
of the experience that you guys are giving me because of the service, the level of the bias I'm getting here. And, and this is what the member said. This is not the CEO. This is not their business analyst. The member came back and said, quote, you're worth 10 or 15 or 20 basis points on my loan. Hmm. You're worth that. And, and then that's the member saying that. That's not, that's not the credit union person saying that. I mean, that's, you would think that'd be a, a credit union person saying that. But see, the member saw the value of the experience. And so I think that's how you're going to have to differentiate yourself. Now, it doesn't mean technology is not important. There's absolutely going to be a minimum level of tech that you're going to have to be able to deliver. Uh, you know, I guess in, in, in Vegas, they call it poker stakes, you know, or table stakes. There's still going to have to be a minimum level of, of table stakes or poker stakes you're going to have to have in, in, in the financial services industry. You're still going to have to have pretty good mobile. You're still going to have to have instant issue debit cards. You're still going to have to have, uh, you know, uh, those type of, of services. But you've got to uh, amplify that with your uh, experience. I want to shift gears a little bit. People hear a lot from Mark Arnold in the credit union industry. I want them to hear a little bit about Mark Arnold. And <laughs> Love it. I, uh, I'm curious about how you got into credit unions in the first place. Uh, absolutely. Well, I actually grew up around the kitchen table talking about credit unions. Uh, my dad was the, the, the first uh, CEO of what was then Southwest Corporate Federal Credit Union, which uh, uh, is now Catalyst Corporate Credit Union. He was their first CEO uh, employee number one started at zero by the time he retired is over a billion dollars in assets. So I literally grew up around the kitchen table talking about credit union, credit union issues. But no joke, I was actually drugged to credit union chapter meetings as a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, I, I'm credit union to the core. Yeah, tell me, tell me about you got you got to see the growth of a credit union from the foundation. Yeah, yeah, very much so, and it was really cool just to kind of see credit union issues because. But what's fascinating about that is that obviously as a corporate credit union, was a credit union for credit unions. So uh, the issues that my dad would be talking about every night at dinner were issues that were important to all credit unions. And how were they going to grow? And uh, how are they going to get more members? And how are we going to get the word out? All those kind of issues that we're still dealing with now, uh, we were somewhat dealing with back then. And so it was kind of neat to kind of see the evolution of that and to see that credit union grow uh, to phenomenal heights. It was really, uh, really, really special to get to kind of have that feedback. And, uh, so, and I have a, you want me to tell you the story about my first job at a credit union and kind of that, the business behind that a little bit? Yeah. Was it, was it almost inevitable then that you entered this business? You know, I love it. inevitable. I really, you know, my degree is in journalism. So I went to the University of Texas at Austin and got a journalism degree, loved to write, whatnot. So that's kind of my core background. And, uh, so my first job out of, a, out, out, of a, out of college was at a PR firm. And so I always wanted to do PR and marketing. That was kind of my passion. Uh, but then about a year out of that, uh, out of college, uh, a job came open at a credit union, a local credit union where I was living, uh, as a lowly marketing coordinator. But maybe, well, this is a chance for me to kind of, you know, work inside a credit union, where I do obviously pretty well growing up in, but then to do it in my field, which was kind of marketing and branding. So that was wonderful. So I started off there as a lowly marketing coordinator, and I was the guy that was dressing up in the credit union mascot suit. You know, it, it doesn't <laughs> oh. get much lower than being... Yeah, it doesn't get much lower than being the Rex to save a source, right? <laughs> the dinosaur suit. Is that what it was? But hey, that was the first. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a dinosaur <laughs> suit. So I'm here dressing up in a dinosaur. Uh, so that was my first job at a crate. It doesn't get much lower than that. But uh, And as a marketing coordinator, honestly, I was struggling quite a bit in that job. Uh, I, was, I really was. I was doing things like spelling the CEO's name wrong in the newsletter. Mm. You know, that, that, that'll that get you fired, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, so my boss 
the VP of marketing brought me in one day and she sat me down and she looked me dead in the eye and she said, Mark, you will always be a failure in marketing. You need to get out. And she didn't just mean get out of the credit in the world or out of that particular job. She meant get out of the marketing field completely. She said, you will always be a failure in the marketing field. Well, that crushed me, crushed my soul because that was my, my degree was in that. I love marketing. I love writing. And she just said, you'll always be a failure in that. So at that point, I had a choice to make. I was either going to be fired or transfer to the collection department. <laughs> <laughs> my ver- yeah, my version of purgatory, right? Well, I was recently married, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to choose door number two. I'm going to take the crane. I'm going to go work in collection. So I went into collection, was a collector for a number of years, was really good at it. Uh, I could talk to people, communicate really well, was a very successful collector. Eventually, I uh, became a loan officer there at the credit union and had the collection background, so naturally went into lending, was a very good loan, loan officer as well, was well on my uh, uh, track to be a branch manager, uh, and moving up the field, doing very, very well. And I was miserable because I was doing things I wasn't passionate about. Yes, I loved credit unions. That was a fun aspect of the job, but I really wasn't doing what I felt I really wanted to do, which was writing and speaking and things like that. So this is about four and a half years later after the You'll Always Be a Failure speech. Uh, another job came open uh, at this time at the Texas Credit Union League for a lowly marketing coordinator. <laughs> well, by this time, you know, I was making good money. I was, I was you know, on track to management. I was doing really well. And I had a choice to make. I could either choose profit, continue where I was, move up the, up the ladder, or I could take a significant pay cut and choose passion and go back to work in my field. And so I did that. So I, I, I chose to go for passion and took the pay cut, went back to, to work at the Texas League. And, and there, uh, Terry Young, uh, who was then the vice president of corporate communication for the league, he became my boss, and he literally poured his life into mine. He spent hours just coaching me, teaching me all the ins and outs of communication, branding, a variety, uh, and, and just spent time with me, so much time, and really, really nurtured me, uh, you know, really mentored me a great, great deal. And eventually became the communications manager there at the league, and eventually left the league to go work at another crate in Dallas as their vice president of marketing. Led them through a name change and a rebranding process. Was fortunate enough to be named the uh, Credit Union uh, uh, Marketing Professional of the Year. We have gone on to write four books uh, on marketing, and then eventually I was to start my own uh, company based on marketing and branding. But you know, I, I often think back to that day when uh, I was told you'll always be a failure in marketing. I will tell you that's why I founded the company that I did on the Mark Strategies because we exist so that no credit union will ever be a failure when it comes to their marketing, their branding, or their planning. And that's kind of my story. It's amazing how those one moment in your life can really stick with you and, and be a motivation for you. It is. It is. You know, and you look back and you think, oh, at the time that was just crushing, that was devastating, and it was. But it's amazing how it all worked out. Uh, and honestly, the time I spend in collections, the time I spend in lending is invaluable. Because now when I'm working with credit unions, when I'm working with them maybe on their brand or on their strategic plan, I really have that background that is able to really look at a holistic view of the credit union. And that really does make a difference. That experience, I would not trade that for the world. That time I spent in collections, that time I spent in lending was invaluable. And I wouldn't trade it for anything now. 
you stress the word always when you recount that conversation. And I'm curious when you've had to have tough conversations with people about perhaps job performance or, or their adherence to your strategic plan, do you keep that in mind that you, the absolute uh, use of that word rather than kind of addressing the situation at hand and looking for ways to correct it? You have to be very careful on that word, that, those absolute words. And, and, and anytime I'm coach, coaching my own employees or I have done so through the years, you know, I fundamentally, fundamentally, for the most part, all people are good. You know, and it, their behavior it may be the problem, but it's not the person. And there's a difference between the personality or the person and the performance. You've got to focus on the performance, not the person, when it comes to that type of coach. Do you ever have any conversations down the line with your boss who delivered that message to you? <laughs> you know, that's great. I have tried to find her on LinkedIn. And, and other areas, and I could not find her because I've always wanted to, you know, autograph one of my books and mail it to her. <laughs> but I haven't done that. <laughs> it's the thought that counts. It's the thought. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what keeps you in credit unions? This is something you've done your whole life. Obviously, you know the industry. You obviously care about the industry. What is it that motivates you today to do your job and help credit unions? It's going to sound like a cliche, but it's true, and that is, it is the people. Credit union people are. Good people, uh, and it is true. Uh, you know, I, I just love working with great folks, uh, from CEOs to board members, even down to teller level, whatever it might be. The people who are in credit unions, the, the people who are there, are just good people because they care about people and they're serving their members. Uh, and, and I always like to tell, going back to the Star Wars illustration, um, you know, the heroes, the Luke Skywalkers, they're the people who are working in credit unions right now. You know, they really are. Uh, if you're a CEO, you're a hero. Uh, of a, you're, you're a CEO of a credit union. If you are an executive of a credit union, you're, you're a hero. And if you are uh, a mid-level manager or a teller, you're a hero because you are making a difference in someone's life. So you're the hero. We like to think of ourselves more as a Yoda. We're going to help you do that even better. But ultimately, the folks on the front line, they're the heroes in this. And, 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 I, and that's what gets me excited. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.